0: I mentioned the fact that the Lord had given me a dream that I wouldn't have to carry my cane. And I thought, well, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll do away with the stool. Then I got to thinking, well, why should you do that? That's where Jesus did most of his teaching. He was setting down. But uh, So let's ask the Lord to be with us and continue to be with us in the sweet spirit that we've already experienced. Thank you, precious Savior, for loving us so much. Thank you, and I just pray that you'd help us to reflect today on the message that you have for us. It's not my message. It's their message, Father. You knew who would be here before this world was even ever created. And you are here with us today to to share that message with your children and the plans that you have made for them. Thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit. Amen. Go with me to the book of John, John 5. And after this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And I believe that every word in the Bible has significance. It's a feast. Now, and Christ has gone up to Jerusalem. Now, there is in Jerusalem... By the Sheep Gate, there is a pool which is called, in Hebrews, Bethesda. Having five porches, it's also called the House of Porches. Now, around these five porches is a great number of sick people. Halt, blind, lame, paralyzed, they're all there. And they are waiting for the moving of the waters. Now, the scene is being set by the Holy Spirit. Now, the New King James uh, says sick people, but the Greek says impotent people. Impotency. We have there a group of powerless people. Impotency is presence without power, a Mercedes without an engine. Are you listen to me. In potency, people have legs that don't work, hands that don't work, ears that do not hear, eyes that don't see. uh, They have the parts is all there. The parts is there, but the power is not there. Are you with me? Paralyzed, waiting for the movement of the water. And an angel went down. I want to spend some time with you sometime explaining this, what happened here. I, don't, I won't take time today because it's quite a story. An angel went down and stirred up the water. And then whoever got, got in first was made well of what, of what disease they had. Now, the, the scene is painful. The scene is painful because we have these impotent people fighting among each other, sinner against sinner, adulterer against liar, and they both to, will be lost according to the Bible, wrestling for competition of salvation. Verse 5, One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. Now, when Jesus saw him, somebody, somebody ought to praise God that Jesus sees us. I told you there is no word in the, in the Bible to waste time on, and I'm delighted that Jesus, that Jesus sees me. You might not have any money. You might be sad today, but Jesus sees you. Now, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there, For a long, long time, he knew his condition. He said, do you want to be made well? Verse 6. He knows what you're worried about, and you have to wrestle with that. God knows your condition, and he has not yet decided to fix your condition. He knows the heartache. He knows the headache that you had last night. He knows the Excedrin you tuck, the aspirin that you tuck. the you leave? He knows your condition, but he has not yet decided to fix your condition. That's your problem. And that's a problem of a lot of people because they realize that God knows their condition, but he hasn't done anything yet. That's what's bothering you. You have been praying. And you have been fasting, and you know that God knows your condition, but he's not yet decided to fix your condition. And then he says to him, and this is ridiculous, this is ridiculous to me, do you want to be made well? Now, again, I'm not satisfied with the new King James. It should be, do you want to be made whole? There's a big difference of being made well and being made whole. Now, the the, uh, regular King James has it right. They said make a hole. The American Standard Version says make a hole. Now, understand the question, though. He's not just asking him, do you want to have your legs fixed? That's obvious. Why would you ask someone that can't walk if they'd like to have their legs fixed? It's obvious (laughs) he'd like to have his legs fixed. That's like asking a poor man... That's starving, and maybe his family, he's lost his, his job, and they have no food. Would you like to have some money? Of course he'd like to have some money. The Lord says to him, do you want to be made well? But this sick man says, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. Sir, I have no man that when the water is stirred or troubled that he may put me in the pool. The first one that gets, of course, to put in the pool first is the one that's supposed to be healed of whatever disease he has. You know, you go to the bank when you want your money fixed. You go to the doctors when you want your, your body fixed. But Jesus is standing there. Jesus is standing there. Jesus said to him, Arise and take up your bed and walk. Now, Jesus skipped over the water. He skipped over the pool because that would just be a temporary thing. Forget the forget the water. You want to just get up. And immediately, the man got up and tuck his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath day. That day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said to him, said to him who was cured, it is unlawful for you to carry your bed on the Sabbath. And he said to them, He who made me, made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him who, who this man was who said to take up your bed and walk. But the one who was healed, he did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn from the multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, and he said to him, See, you have been made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And really, the Greek, says, Hades. The word there is Hades, lest you catch more hell. This is what the Greek is really saying. The man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus that had made him well. John's gospel is a gospel of awe. John's gospel, uh, there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew's gospel was to the Jews. That's the reason he starts out with the genealogies. He wanted them to know that the Messiah would come through a, would come through Abraham. Mark's gospel is laced with the, with uh, the immediacy. He believed that you had, if you had a need, God would take care of that need right now. And it's if you had a need, and that's uh, God knows if you have that need or not. And Jesus will do it right now if you need help now right now. Remember, is God's right now, not your right now. Luke's God is taken as as the ideal man that can that is for everyone. Uh, Luke is a, a Greek, uh, the only one, the only non-Jew that, that writes a book in the Bible. In Luke's Gospel, women are lifted up, non-Jews are lifted up. We find the parable of the prodigal son in Luke, and uh, Luke's Gospel Uh, there's various parables that we find in Luke's, Luke's gospel we will not find anywhere else and he tries to get people to know that Christ is that ideal man that relates to everybody but John's gospel John's gospel is the our gospel this is the it's amazing to him that that Jesus would even have anything to do with us. It's just amazing. He did, he just can't get over the fact that he would even deal with us. Are you listen to me. John is writing to the Gnostics that marginalized Jesus, that said he was that he was uh, created, that he wasn't uh, that that he was not God, and in the beginning. And John starts off. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him, not anything that was made, not anything that was made was made. John sets it straight. John sets it straight at the very beginning. Christ is God. Christ is God, and in verse fourteen, the very. Beginning, and the word was made flesh and dwelled among us. And the Greek says that God, he built his house in our neighborhood and lived among us. And in the rest of the book, John is just shocked. John is shocked that he would, that he would live in our ghetto, so to speak. He just cannot believe it. He just cannot believe it. So in the book of John, we have the, these amazing stories. In the, in the second chapter of John, we have, second chapter of John, we have the wedding. And this, and, uh, second chapter, the third chapter, uh, Nicodemus. And in the fourth chapter, chapter, we have the woman at the well. Then John is telling that, that God takes personal time with you, he will stop by your house. He will stop by your house. He comes to your wedding. He will, he will stop it, stop at night and talk to you about salvation. He will stop by your well and he, and, and he will offer you water and you will ne- never thirst again. And he will stop at your pool. He will stop at your pool when you are lying on a bed and offer you wholeness and offer you wholeness. My subject today is, is imprisonment. Everybody is imprisoned. Everybody's, you, I, when I was making these notes for my sermon, I wrote uh, out, you don't have to go to the county jail. We don't have a jail, so, uh, but you don't, don't have to go to the pine pen to find To be in jail. You're surrounded by people that are in jail. uh, Let's make it plain. Everybody in church today is in jail. I've read my Bible. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've read that. You've read it. So the Bible proclaims that we are all in jail. My next verse, my next text is in Luke 4, 16. He said, I came to seek and save the captives, to set them free. He was talking about all of us, all of us. So what's so ripping to me in chapter 15 is these various prisons that these folks are in. In the sheep pool, it's already a smelly place. It's a smelly place. The sheep that was to be slaughtered, that was to be slaughtered in the temple, are about there and when they're about there the sleep the sheep are they're tired they're sweaty their wool is oily it's a putrefied a putrefying spell but as jesus comes toward this sheep gate he smells a stink that is far greater than the smell of animals it is a stink of broken people in the the sores Puffs that's oozing out from the sores. Beds that have never been washed. People that have never had a shower. Hair that has never been cleaned or combed. And this side of it touches the Creator who, who breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life who was perfect without <laughs> blemish, without blemish. And one of the things that the devil did when Christ was on this earth, he tried to make him sorry that he'd ever made man. And he says to, to Jesus, how could these people be saved? Look at them. Look at them. How could these people be the, the children of Adam? How could these people be the children of Adam? Look, look, Jesus, what you came down here to save, to glory. Why don't you go pack your bags and go back to glory because these people aren't worth saving. He said, I will show you them blind. I will show you them without sight. I'll show you them that cannot hear. I'll show you them that cannot walk. And I'll show you them that are wrapped in dirt and smell. And every day, friends, that you are alive, every day that you are alive, the devil talks to Christ about you. He says, look at him. Look at him. Look where he's been. Look what he's thought. Look at her uh watch look what she thinks about just uh look what she's done look what she's done and i hear my savior say for for these people for us i'm thankful today i hear my savior say my blood is sufficient my blood is sufficient and i'm thankful today for an undisturbed savior there'll be times when you are wallowing in your mess that the devil has so much evidence against you that you couldn't possibly be saved. But he turns to the father and he says, Father, I'll cover them with my righteousness. So when the father looks down, he doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. There they are, smelly and messed up and torn up. And unworthy. The Bible describes them as blind, paralyzed, lame, and potent, powerless. Powerless. That's a terrible feeling to be powerless. I remember my wife who passed away with Alzheimer's. I've never loved any woman on earth. So I don't think like I did her. But to see her go down day by day, I was powerless. I was powerless. I'm going to use this illustration. Say this this person, he has a two-room apartment. That's all he wants, just a two-room apartment. And uh, But his back is hurting. I know what that back pain is. And he just wants to get up and go to work. Wren is due next week, but his back is hurting from the work he done yesterday. And he's taken all the pills that he knows to take. And he's still hurling. He is powerless. It means that your problem has gotten beyond solutions. This is the cry, dear hearts, of the human, human race today. This is a cry of the human race today. This text describes the condition of the human race today. Just think about it. The simplest thing that God could have done when Adam and Eve sinned is get rid of them. Wipe them out. There's only the two of them. Do the math. That's the simplest thing he could have done. Think of the thousands of years of sin. Just wipe these two people out. I heard one pastor say one time, just wipe these two fools out. Here they have a perfect body. I couldn't say that because of being... uh, danger of hell far to call someone a fool but he did and I. Uh, but here they are perfect bodies because they had been disobedient an innocent animal had to be killed for an apron for them. start fresh come on somebody that's a simple thing to do just the two of them no one's you know, the God we but no one's going to stop you. No one's going to dis- disagree with you. Just wipe them out and start all over again. Start fresh. But the God we serve and eh, has a, a, a different answer that we don't think of. I'm saying wipe them out. I'm saying wipe them out, but God's saying save them. God is saying save them. God, how are you going to save them? Look at them. How are you going to save them? He said, I will become one of them. I will become one of them. I will take on their sins. I will, I will wear their sins. I will die for them. And I will be their brother throughout eternity. Someone ought to squeeze out an amen. What kind of plan is that? What kind of plan is that? That is the plan beyond expression. Good thing you can, you can be glad that I wasn't God. (laughs) You wouldn't have been here today. You wouldn't have been here today. He's taken thousands of years waiting for you to be born. He could have come in 1900. I wasn't born until 1929, so he waited. He waited for me. He waited for me to be born. This is the stretch he made for you. Don't you ever let anyone Anyone of the devil tell you that you're not worth anything. That's the stretch he made just for you. You should have died last week in your sins. But our Lord stepped in with his precious blood and covered you. But the Bible the, t- tells us an angel went down to disturb the water. And my question today, why wouldn't the blind help the deaf down to the water? Why wouldn't the deaf that could see help the blind down to the water? Why would the adulterer in the church help the liar in the church? They're both condemned. Where do we get the parity of sins where one thing somebody does is worse than what somebody else does? Where do we get the ideal that we can divide one another by sins. Where did we get that? Show it to me. Show it to me in the scriptures. I've read the text that says, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, my time's running out, but I'd just like to say this. There's something that I didn't understand. My next assignment that Dan has given me, I'm going to be talking to you about talking to God as a friend. And, you know, I did not understand this. I found out when he becomes your friend, he will explain these things to you. And one of the things I didn't understand is why didn't Jesus heal them all? Here's a man that's been there for for 38 years, and that's a long, long time. But why didn't he heal them all? And as I asked my Lord that, and he usually tells me a reason, gives me a reason. And he explained it to me. He said, if, if he had stepped in and saved them all, that would have stirred up the Pharisees. And that would have probably been the end of his ministry. He would have cut his ministry short and not any of us would have been here today. So that's why that he didn't heal them all. So he went to the worst case. So today, if you are the worst sinner in the church, stay by the pool. <laughs> stay by the pool. He went up to him and said, do you want to be made whole? The Greek is the same as creation. Do you want to be rec- recreated? My, one of my favorite books is On Christ, The Desire of Ages. And she said that not only was his legs made well, he could see better. He could hear better than he ever could because God recreated him. He recreated him. See, if God had just made him as the New King James says, and a number of others says, he made him well. If he just made him well, those legs would have probably carried him back to the same places that got him in the condition that he was in in the first place. You know, I know what it means. Yes, Jesus will come to your home. Jesus will talk to you at night about your salvation. I want to share something with you. 95% of my, the miracles that have happened in my life happen at home, one-on-one with Jesus. That's not, at least not if maybe more than that. I'm not saying that we should stay away from church, but because when He does make you whole, He touched me and made me whole that night nearly 50 years ago. And because He done that, if He would just healed my, I was in bed. I was totally helpless. And if he would just heal me, that I to got up and went out. And my legs had probably carried me to the first saloon I come to, or to a nightclub. But you know, when he made me whole, what happened? Those legs have carried me to church every time that the church door is open. That's been nearly 50 years ago. That's the difference of being made well and being made whole. You know, you've got... You've got to fix the heart before you fix the legs. You know, I just can't emphasize this enough. What a loving God He has! I don't know what kind of experience you've had with Jesus. There are many Christians that I know, and I don't believe in judging anyone's heart condition. Only God knows that. But I do believe there's a lot of a lot of Christians fast Christians That have never had the experience of being made whole It totally changes your life This experience happened to me when I was home And it could happen there for you It certainly will never keep you away from church Because after you have been made whole You will be in church every opportunity that you get Amen. But if it does happen at home It can happen here, it can happen any place let us know. Let us know, and if you'd like to be prayed for, just contact me, the pastor, uh, uh, Christina. Any of our church elders would we'll be glad to pray for you and with you. Let us pray, Father. Thank you so much that you are still in the business of making people whole. Thank you, Father, for the experience that you gave me nearly fifty years ago, and is becomes more precious each and every day because when you are made whole you are also become our very best friend so father we're i'm asking you as our friend to go with us now as we go to our homes our places of abode and remind with us throughout this week whispering to us how special we are and how much we're loved in Jesus' precious name we pray amen